Ian Play with Pragmatic, made possible by Horton in Britain, a worldwide supplier of engine cooling systems and proud member of the community for more than four decades. HortonWW.com. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Well, today's guest uh, retired just a couple of years ago as the winningest girls basketball coach in South Dakota. 37 years, 629 wins, a couple of state girls championships. Even early on, she became one of the first uh, women to coach a high school boys basketball team. And after retiring from coaching, she uh, moved into administration and is now the activities director at Aberdeen Central. She was inducted into the South Dakota Sports Hall of Fame in 2023. Joining us, not only a great coach, but she wasn't too bad as a player at McLaughlin and at the University of Mary. It's Dawn Seiler. And Dawn, welcome to InPlay. Thanks much, Craig. Appreciate it. It's been a couple years since you retired as the Aberdeen Central Girls Basketball Coach, but is it still strange for you to watch the game from the sideline? You know, it is um, because you're always going to have that passion for basketball, specifically girls basketball, because it was a part of my life for so long. But, you know, the one thing that you learn when you work in a high school, um, things change very quickly. I mean, those your kids graduate and there's a new group that comes in. And so uh, that turnover happens quickly and you uh, lose some of those connections that you had with some of the athletes in the program. And so it does change quickly and I'm watching a a whole different group of of players. And, you know, I'm still seeing some of the things that we did uh, when I was coaching because some of those um, assistant coaches are still in the program. So it's always kind of fun to see how they tweak those things to work for their team. Back in the 70s, you played high school and college basketball, but when did the coaching itch begin? Well, you know, I I loved the game. I loved playing the game as a high school athlete and as a college athlete. And so for me at that stage of my life, it was all about the game. Uh, once I graduated from college and, and I had a teaching degree and I was hired in Macintosh and I was uh, the head girls basketball coach right out of college and I was also the assistant boys basketball coach. Um, but what evolved with me is, you know, you have that love for the game, but you soon realize that you're developing race relationships with young uh, people And you remember those things. So when I think about, you know, my career way back, and I I started in 1983 was my first coaching job. You know, I think of those people. I don't remember the wins and losses. I remember some of the fun times we had and, um, you know, those people, who they were and what they stood for. I mean, it was a very, very good time in my life uh, with that, you know, first group that we had in Macintosh. And so, you know, through the years, it wasn't about the wins and losses, but it was about those relationships and, and all of those experiences that we were sharing together. You grew up in McLaughlin, which is just north and west of Mobridge, you know, almost a stone's throw away from the North Dakota border. What was living in small town McLaughlin like for you? I think it was like living in any small town in South Dakota. You know, we were all farm kids. We were a close-knit community. 
um, it's fun to be in those small towns because, you know, basketball was the only game in town at that time. And everybody got out and supported you. So it was a real community feeling. And so I think that's what I see when I go uh, to small towns and I watch games. And it's such a vital part of their school and their community. Uh, it's a very, very important thing to people. They have a passion for it. And so that's a lot of fun to see. Well, they were the McLaughlin Midgets. Uh, the mascot was changed just four years ago to the Mustangs. I know a couple of people in McLaughlin, and I know it's kind of hard for them to get rid of that Midget's <laughs> nickname. But uh, you know what, McLaughlin, what a what a fun town to grow up in. Was was there encouragement from your family to get involved with sports? Yeah, you know when I when I was a freshman in high school, that was the first year of girls basketball. So that's in 1974. So that is the very first time we're playing organized ball. And it was awful. Um, At that time, there were jump balls in the game. That's before we had the alternating possession. And there, it seemed like there was a hundred jump balls every game. Uh It was very bad (laughs) basketball, but you know, the community still supported it. And our families always supported us. You know, whatever you were going to choose to do in life, you know, the one thing that you needed to do is make sure you worked at it. And, um, you know, I think that was the philosophy that the entire uh, town had is that, you know, everybody needed to do their best at whatever they were going to want to do in their life. And, and that was certainly the case with my family. I come from a background, a farm background, with very hardworking people, strong work ethic, and uh, very supportive of everybody around them. So, you know, I think growing up in a small town, it has a lot of really you know, unique characteristics that, that many people in South Dakota share, and they know what I'm talking about when I say that. And so always supportive of, of your teams, always supportive of the school, and always supportive of what you wanted to do once you left that household. Where was the basketball hoop on the farm? Oh, we had a couple. <laughs> had a couple. Uh, we had one, of course, in, right behind the house and, and the old <laughs> Um, in the yard where you know how it is, you have the gravel and the chunks of grass and you learn to handle the ball. (laughs) And then we were lucky because we also had one indoors. And so when it was cold, we would go inside and, and we would play in there. And so, so we were lucky and we needed to be doing something. And, Uh um, during that time there weren't video games and a lot of TV and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we were very active kids. Well, in the mid to late 70s, while you were in high school, you know, Class B, you know, it was Jefferson, Clear Lake, Woolsey. They were the the top teams back then. Did you get a chance to play any of those teams? Well, we did Jefferson because uh, we played Jefferson in the state tournament in uh, 1978. And we met him in the semifinals round. And I remember having a lead, seven-point lead with three minutes to go, and we blew that lead. Oh. So I haven't quite let go of that yet, but, you know, <laughs> that was the Fred Tippett's era then. And and so, yeah, I, I definitely remember that. Well, one game you did score a state record of 47 points in a game. When did you do that? Oh, boy, I don't know. I never really paid much attention to that. I'm going to say it was probably in Cheyenne Eagle Butte on the road and just, you know, was – lucky enough to catch the ball a lot under the basket. I didn't have a lot of scoring range, but I had a lot of good teammates who were willing to pass the ball. (laughs) Who was your coach at McLaughlin? Jim Calhoun. Uh, He was in McLaughlin. He started the the girls program. 
Uh, he also coached the boys because the girls were in the fall. Boys are in the winter, so he could do both. Uh, once he left McLaughlin, he went down to White River and had a lot of success. So he did have a lot of success at, with both genders in McLaughlin and in White River. Hmm. So after you graduate high school, it's off to the University of Mary in North Dakota, which isn't that far from McLaughlin. Why Mary? Well, you know, I've, I only visited two schools, and that one was Northern State and one was Mary. And I visited Northern first and Mary second. And, you know, you, you hear people say you visit a place and you kind of have a feel for it. And that was the case with me. You know, I went in, visit with the coach, and uh, you see the campus. And, and, you know, it seemed like a good fit. And so I like the town of Bismarck a lot. Bismarck's a, a, a nice town. And so um, it wasn't that far from, town, from home. But, you know, I always tell kids, you can make it as far as you want to make it. It doesn't have to be a long ways away. So uh, I ended up at Mary for four years, got my degree there, played basketball all four years, and it, it was a good experience for me. Yeah, 1,800 points, almost 1,800 points, over 700 rebounds. What kind of offense did uh, you guys run at Mary? We had a lot of good passers. I just stood under the basket. <laughs> <laughs> Never was called you know, for three we, seconds either, right? <laughs> no, we had, you know, we just had good personnel. And, you know, that was really those developing years of women's basketball. And so, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of some really good teams that had really good battles in our conference. And, you know, Northern State was, a, was a, one of our rivals, and we had really good games with, with Northern State. So, of course, I knew a lot of those people who were playing for Northern. So, you know, it was a good experience. College athletics was a very good experience. I think college athletics right now is a little bit different than college athletics back then. Uh, the expectations of the athletes on the collegiate level, um, they put a lot of time into their game and, and their expect, high expectations and they're expected to be good students. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was the very beginning and it was like I said earlier about growing up in small town, South Dakota, it was a good time to be a basketball, a collegiate basketball player. So it's after college is about 1983 Macintosh, your first job, you know, you wanted to become a coach and you became a coach, but you, but I think you have had to have had an idea of what kind of a coach you wanted to be. Did, did you know early on what kind of a coach you wanted to be? You know, that's a loaded question. You know, you know what kind you, you, you got to coach your personality. I don't think that you cannot coach your personality. So, you know, when I'm watching coaches on TV, when I, I was a basketball junkie, I wanted to watch college basketball on TV. And, you know, you saw all those great coaches from Bobby Knight to, you know, Mike Krzyzewski and all those people. And the one thing that I always took away when I watched somebody else is how much passion they had for the game. And I had a lot of passion for the game and, you know, sometimes a little too much passion maybe, but uh, you know, I I would say that I was probably an intense coach, um, kind of fiery, but I wanted my athletes to really experience that too. I wanted them to have, you know, that same passion that I had for the game. I wanted them to share, you know, I think it's important for kids to have a passion for something, whether it's basketball or, or whatever they choose to do, it doesn't matter. If you put your heart and soul into it, you're really going to have a good experience. Um, you know, not everything works out the way you want it to work out, but still um, there's value in 
working extremely hard for something. And, and I think that my teams did work extremely hard. Um, I tried to put as much effort into coaching as I could possibly do. I wanted to work hard for my kids. And uh, I think that's one thing that we could always take away after a season is that, you know, we were, we were hardworking people. We did the best that we could every time that we were out there playing. And so, you know, that, that was kind of my coaching style. And I think that was it from the beginning. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's, you know, something that I I had to work at. That was just a part of my personality. And so, of course, you evolve as you get older and, you you know, you change a little bit, you get a little smarter (laughs) about things. And uh, so I just, just think I was extremely passionate and, you know, maybe a little bit too intense sometimes. You know, at McIntosh, you coached the girls' team in the fall, and then in the winter, you were an assistant boys' coach. What what was that experience like? Well, you know, it was a lot of fun. I got to work with Clay Anderson, was the head coach, and uh, Clay Anderson moved from McIntosh to Belfouche, became the AD down there. But Clay Anderson was a very good basketball coach, and so I learned a lot from him. Um, the head coach role is very different from the assistant coach role. You know, as an assistant coach, you're, you're throwing out ideas. Uh, you're trying to help that head coach. But I had a lot of really positive takeaways from that. You know, working with the boys was a little bit different than working with the girls. But my philosophy was you always treated everybody like an athlete. You mm-hmm. always treated everybody like an individual, and you wanted to create the best team that you could possibly create. So I don't think my philosophy was really different in working with the boys. It's just that, you know, you had to, um, I don't know how I want to say it. It was just at a different level. It was a faster paced game. And I think maybe it taught me to think a little quicker and think ahead a little faster than I maybe had to do in the, the early years in the girls game. 1986 Macintosh, the girls make it to the state tournament and they make it to the championship game and unfortunately, it's against Armour, as it was the fourth of five titles in a row for, for Armour. What was, what was the town of McIntosh like uh, back uh, at that point in time? Well, you know, when I first got there in 83, we were around that 500 mark. And we had a young group of kids, and they kind of came through the ranks. And once they were juniors, we were playing some pretty good basketball. So... Um, that junior, junior year in 86, we've got a good balance. So we get a good mix of guard play and post play. Everybody knew how strong Armour was and all of their personnel that, you know, played for a number of years. Um, the town of McIntosh was elated that we were in a state tournament. I mean, everybody traveled to all the away games. It was, it was a great tournament atmosphere. Um, being in that state championship game, I don't know if, how many people remember this, but that was the uh, debacle over uh, the McIntosh team uniform. At that time, um, uniforms were kept at the facility you played in. It was actually played in the Civic Arena in Aberdeen. So after the game, you got done playing, they would launder you, your uniforms. And when you played the next day, they'd be out in your locker room. Kids would get dressed. You'd come out and play. Well, for that last game, we come into the Civic Arena, go into the locker room, and our uniforms aren't there. So I start hunting for the uniforms. Can't find them. At that time, Ruth Wren's in charge of the tournament, so I'm trying to 
find these uniforms. They're nowhere to be found. Um, the uniforms were taken out of the building I found later and never brought back. Um, but we ended up wearing white rivers uniforms that they wore in the third place game. We were slated to wear the dark uniforms. Our dark uniforms were gone. So we actually played the state championship game in white rivers uniforms that they had just taken off from the third place game. So, um, you know, we tried try getting um, to switch colors of uniforms, but nobody was having that. So it was a lot of chaos. And again, that's one of those things that you never forget, you know, as a coach that, you know, that's the state tournament, your state championship, and you're in McIntosh High School and you're in White Rivers uniform. <laughs> I had never heard that story. That is crazy. And I can imagine as a coach, it is something that totally takes you away from the planning of the game and going up against Armour, who had already won three titles in a row. Yeah. And, you know, quite honestly, we were never in the game after that. It disrupts your whole routine, the whole locker room routine. And yeah. then the warm-up routine, we were putting on their uniforms. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was very, very unusual. And, um, you know, something that we just had to go through. And we, we didn't handle it especially well. But, uh, you know, they did play in that state championship. And the, that, those were fun fun teams. Like I said, I didn't worry so much about the wins. I think about that group of kids and how special they were. You know, that's the important takeaway from that. And, you know, you're still in touch with those people today. I mean, that meant something to them, being a part of that group. Uh, it still means something to them today. And so, you know, that's a fun part of, of high school athletics. I know it's traditional that after a state tournament game is done, whether it's uh, the championship or third or fifth, they take a team picture right after the game. Is there a team picture of McIntosh wearing the White River uniforms? I do not believe we took team pictures. Nope. <laughs> no, nope, I don't think that happened. <laughs> when did the job at Aberdeen Central come up? Um, we moved to Aberdeen in 98. So I was in McIntosh for 15 years. Um, you know, we were just looking for a change. And so um, the position in Aberdeen opened up and I said to my husband, Jeff, you know, you think I should apply? And he said, go ahead. You're not going to get it anyway. So I was like, all right, well, that's a little bit of a challenge. Which, you know, so I threw my name in the hat and got called for an interview. Of course, Gene Brownell was the athletic director at that time. It was his first year. And so... Um, did the interview and barely got home and he called and offered the job. So, you know, it's, we were looking for a change and we got one. Uh, moving from McIntosh to Aberdeen was, was a big change uh, in school size. And so it was a good change as well. Um, you know, I got to, to, to play basketball, coach basketball on a whole different level. And uh, it was good. So you went to the state tournament uh, some 26 times in your career. I think uh, Aberdeen was about 18 or 19 times. But I know beginning in 2003, you went to the state tournament 11 years in a row. And in 03, you made it to the championship game for the first time. Aberdeen Central plays Mitchell. What do you remember from that game? Well, I remember the Hoffman. <laughs> they yeah, the Hoffman twins. I, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of good players with them. And you know, we didn't play very well there. We were in Watertown. We just didn't play very well. Um, 
You know, we played well up to that point, but in the championship game, we just didn't play well. And we were young. Um, we had, we didn't have a very experienced team. And so, you know, I think we did return to the state championship the following year. And so, you know, we made it in that championship game. We just couldn't quite close the deal. But again, you know, good kids played as hard as they could, played the right way we felt like, uh, gave ourselves a chance to, to be competitive in basketball and uh, just couldn't quite finish with the state championship. Yeah, a year later, you have to play Brookings in the championship. You're trying to, at least you get back to the championship game, but, oh, a one-point loss. Uh, what was key late in that game? That was, a, I mean, when I think about that game, I think about the atmosphere of that game. That was in the Ullman Center in Sioux Falls. And the crowd was right on you. And there was two upsets because Brookings had upset Roosevelt and we had upset Mitchell to get to the state championship. It was one of those seasons where everybody was saying, like, you know, it's a Roosevelt-Mitchell championship. And both of them go under in the semifinals. And so we play Brookings in the championship. And uh, it was a back-and-forth game. It was a tight game. Uh, Brookings had excellent personnel. They were well-coached by Lynn Frederick at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very competitive game. Uh, we go down uh, late in the game, and uh, you know, we just couldn't get over the hump, like I said before. We, we played well enough to, to be there, to get there. We played well enough to be in that game, but just couldn't finish uh, the way we needed to finish. And so... You know, Brookings had good personnel, though. They were they were definitely a bunch of kids who deserved a state championship as well. You know, Don, you had so many good Aberdeen Central teams, but you always had to get through the Roosevelts, the Mitchells, the Brookings. Uh, it was it was just a, quite the run they were on. But here we go. You know, it's 2016, 2018, and for the first time, you get a state championship. Aberdeen Central state champs those two years. What made those two championship teams special? I, I think you have to talk about personnel. Uh, we had some great athletes on those teams in 16 and 18. You know, you, it's hard to talk about Aberdeen basketball without talking about, you know, kids like the Kooslers, uh, the Burkharts, the Babcocks, Gardeners, Mel Chows, Bergens. I mean, those names are synonymous with Aberdeen basketball. And we had kids who were just really committed to the team, committed to one another, set a goal to get to a state championship, but not only get there, but to win a state championship. We had all the pieces, and uh, we had the leadership and the drive to go with those pieces of basketball. And that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the physical side of basketball is one thing, but you've got to have that mental uh, makeup as well. And this group did. Um, when I think about that group, they were competitors. That's the number one thing. They would compete at whatever they were doing. It didn't matter if it was basketball. It didn't matter if it was in the classroom. They were a bunch of competitors. And so, you know, as a coach, you always feel very fortunate to get a group of kids like that because they don't come along all the time. Um, you know, a lot of times we're lucky to get one or two of those kids on our team. Uh-huh. But I had a bunch of those kids. And so... Um, you know, I, I think personnel made all the difference in the world because they were set to win the state championship. That was what they wanted to do. You got to coach your daughter, Brooke, on the basketball team. It can be a special time and it can be a challenging time. 
What was it like having your daughter on the team? Oh, it's some of both of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she'll probably could tell you more stories than I would tell you. It was great. It was great having her on the team. Um, you know, she was she was a good player. She was a solid player. And, uh, you know, she was a very smart player. That's the one thing. Um, she always could think the game. Um, she was very good at you know, recognizing things that other teams were trying to do or trying to take away. She was very good at making adjustments. And, you know, she was a good communicator with me on those things. And so I always appreciated that. Of course, she went into coaching. And so that was something that served her well when she's, she was coaching in Parkston. She's not coaching this year. She started a family. And so uh, she had to step away. She wanted to step away from coaching. But, um, you know, always just a very smart kid, smart player. And, and so I really enjoyed having those basketball conversations mm-hmm. with her. And I can still have those conversations with her today. She's very, very smart about the game. Did she coach like her mom? Well, there's some people who would say that. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I watched her, you know, pace the sidelines a little bit. Maybe that was me to some degree. But, yeah, she definitely had a lot of passion. You know, the one thing that, um, she talked about all the time too. She really loved working with her kids. She really likes the community of Parkson, and she she really thinks a lot of her kids. I have a feeling she'll be back. You know, starting a family, good for her. But I have a feeling she uh, she'll be back someday. I think she just could be. Might. That would not surprise me either, Craig. Dawn, you planned to retire in 2019, but you got talked out of it. What was, <laughs> what was that conversation like with you and Athletic Director Gene Brownell? Well, I think most educators are familiar with that clause in your contract that says it is your job until they find a suitable replacement. <laughs> well, that clause kind of kind of hung me up there a little bit. So, um, Gene, of course, you know, always wanted the best for what what we were doing with Aberdeen Central Athletics, and you know, we're getting applicants, and you know, it's not really fair to those applicants because you don't have the experience that I obviously had because I had been coaching a lot of years. And so he asked me to come back and I think the world of Gene. And so I agreed to do so. Um, and it was good for me too, because I mean, I got to coach basketball. That's a pretty good gig when you, when you think about it. The great uh, Northern State men's basketball coach, Don Meyer, always had some pretty good things to say about you. Uh, maybe a little ribbing at times. <laughs> he once said you were the only person he knew who loved to watch paint dry, which <laughs> meant that you taught patience as well as any coach in the nation. What was your relationship like with uh, Coach Meyer up there in Aberdeen? Well, early on when he came to town, you know, he did clinics and things like that, and I actually took a class from him. He was so interesting, uh, you know, to listen to him talk and to hear him talk about those experiences he had. And he was so good at painting a picture and telling a story and making it relatable to wherever you were at, you know, whatever team you had, uh, whatever stage of the game, whatever. He made everything so relevant and everything made sense when you listened to him. Um, I learned a ton from him. Uh, tremendous respect for the man, respect for his family. He was so good for the community of Aberdeen. But, you know, 
when I was coaching some of my teams, maybe weren't quite as talented as others. And so we need to be patient with the ball. We needed to be <laughs> selective with our shots. I've always told him, you know, I don't re- get to recruit my players, coach. <laughs> I got to take who we have. And so, you know, I, I very much enjoyed, uh, we were, I was fortunate and Aberdeen was fortunate to have them in our community because, you know, we still, have some of those things. He passed on a legacy and he was all about legacy and he definitely left a legacy. And so, you know, you can't say enough good. Don, you've had a number of former players who have become coaches, uh, basketball and even some volleyball coaches. So what's it like today watching those former players now handle the challenges that you did? It's fun to watch them. You know, I, I watch and I think, Boy, they're so much better than I ever was at that stage. Um, I appreciate how hard they work at it. And I'd like to think that, you know, maybe they saw how hard I worked at it. Maybe that had a little carryover. I don't know. But, you know, I have a lot of respect for anybody who goes into the game because it's very challenging and it's becoming more challenging. And so um, just the fact that they want to be in that role, they're willing to um, put their self you know, in that position, because, you know, people can be fairly critical Mm, of of coaches and, (laughs) you know, it's always about sticking to what you believe in and and working with the team strengths and trying to make people on your team better. And so it's a lot of fun to watch, you know, those former athletes. And like I said, I just feel like they're miles ahead of where I was in those stages that are in right now. One particular player I want to talk about is Brianna Kusler. Great player for you. Uh, won a basketball championship at Aberdeen. She's now in her third or fourth year as the boys basketball coach at Pier. Knowing that you coached boys back at McIntosh, did Brianna ever talk to you about coaching the boys and whether she should try to apply for that job? No. <laughs> if you know Brianna Kusler, she has no fear. It wasn't going to matter if it was going to be a boys job or a girls job. Um, she is not afraid of tackling any challenge at all. And that's how she played. You know, there was no challenge too big for her. She always loved the challenges of the game. And so um, not surprised at all that she landed a boys basketball job. It wasn't going to matter to her. She was going to treat them like athletes, whether it was a boys game or a, a boys team or a girls team. So um, her personality is she's a go-getter. Uh, again, she's going to work extremely hard. She's going to be successful at whatever she does. So, um, you know, I think Pier, Pier Basketball is lucky to have her. Uh, she's doing a phenomenal job with those athletes, and uh, she'll continue to do so. You retired from coaching at Aberdeen in 2021, and you retired to take over for Gene Brownell as athletic director Gene is one of the all-time greats. I like Gene a lot. Does does a great job. Did a great job as activities or athletic director. I think it's one of the toughest jobs out there when it comes to high school jobs. You know, you're watching out for all the students, whether it's fine arts or sports. Did you know what you were getting into when you said, "Yeah, I'll I'll take over for Gene Brownell." Well, I work pretty closely with Gene. You know, that's the one thing about Gene is. Um, he was very giving of his time and he always had an open door. And, and so I spent a lot of time talking with him because, you know, he, he had a lot of knowledge, a lot of philosophy to share. 
And uh, every time you talk to him, you were going to learn something. So I tried to spend as much time as I could, you know, just visiting with him and picking his brain. I knew it was a very challenging job, and I knew that he worked, had to work extremely hard. And, uh, you know, I was looking for a different challenge as well. And so I moved from being the assistant principal and basketball coach to the AD job, knowing it would be completely different, and it was. And it's been a good change. Um, you know, I I can't think of a better better thing than watching high school athletes compete. Um, you know, like I'm at a bell game tonight and I'll be at a wrestling tournament on Saturday. And, you know, so there's always something going on and uh, you get to be a part of it. And long before I was an athletic director, I just wanted to go watch kids play. I wanted to go watch kids compete because for me, that's a lot of fun. I think you learn a lot about people. Uh, it's fun to watch teams grow and develop. It's fun to watch coaches coach. So I have a pretty good seat in, in Golden Eagle Arena, and I get to watch a lot of good athletics. Aberdeen is such a great sports town, great people in Aberdeen, great facilities. makes that job a little bit easier too, Don, no doubt about it. 2023, you're inducted into the South Dakota Sports Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you? Well, it's a tremendous honor because of all of the people who are in that Hall of Fame. Um, you know, when they call and tell you this, you're, you're kind of in disbelief because you don't feel like you belong there. Um, but, you know, it, it's a huge honor. And, you know, South Dakota does a great job putting individuals, recognizing individuals. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that. I'm very appreciative of all the things that, so many people have looked out for me and allowed me to do things. And uh, so it's a huge honor. And uh, I don't know what else you can say about that. Just a couple more for you, Don. Just recently, Jim Bridge of Hanson became the all-time winningest girls basketball coach, passing your wins mark of 629 in 37 years of coaching. And by the way, Jim is in his 37th year of coaching girls basketball this year. And Jim's mark, his is going to get challenged in the next five years or so. It's the old adage, Don, you know, records are made to be broken. But what goes through your mind knowing that someone has passed 629 wins? I'm happy for him. You know, I know how hard Jim works. And um, it's very deserving. Now, and I said, I think Jim would probably agree with this. I'm putting words in his mouth here. Again, it's not about the wins and the losses. It's about all those things that went into that. You know, I'm sure when he looks back on his career, when he steps away, he's going to, you know, not think about those things. He's going to think about those relationships, those teams, and all the fun that he had along the way. So it's kind of about the process more than it's about that, you know, final how many wins you got. Um, I'm going to tell you, I haven't thought 10 seconds about how many wins I've had in my career. You know, so sometimes when I get asked about those kinds of things, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I don't feel like I ever won a game. I think we had a lot of good kids who won games, and I got to go along for the ride. And, <laughs> and uh, Jim seems to be that kind of personality as well. Last one for you, Don. What was it about basketball, and specifically for girls, that kept you coaching for almost four decades? I would have to say the relationships with those teams. Um, 
I love to compete. It was a way for me to still compete. So I love competition. So between the competition and those relationships, um, that's a lot of fun. And it's not a job when you're having fun. And that's how it was for me most of the time. I wasn't, I didn't have a job. I got to coach basketball. And uh, I felt pretty lucky that I got to coach basketball. And I got lucky to coach with a lot of good people. And I got lucky to coach a lot of good players. And, And that's how I feel every single day when I talk about basketball. In Play with Craig Maddock is made possible by Horton in Britain where smiling at work happens all the time. Apply now at HortonWW.com. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.